0: Hi, I'm Neil Brennan, and I have a Netflix special called Blocks, now streaming. In the special, I talk about uh, the things that make me feel like something's wrong with me, make me feel crazy. So now I have a podcast that you're listening to where I do the same thing, but I make my friends come on, and they tell me about their blocks. And my guest today is a long-time friend. I'm actually almost embarrassed by how we met. I'll explain Roy Wood everybody. He's the uh he's the uh your newest intro is you're the host of the Correspondence center this year so congrats on that. Yeah. Our origin story is I like didn't I Facebook? No, I saw it like, did I Facebook messenger? It
1: was AOL. I
0: AOL. <laughs> he wasn't like Messenger. No, it's email. Yeah, yeah. It's email. After
1: Deaf Comedy Jam,
0: you had a great joke. You had a joke about Martin Luther King, right?
1: Yeah, I don't remember the joke, but it, there was an MLK joke. There was a sauce joke. It was about
0: MLK. It's like you can't be a leader, you can't be a political leader and a little racist. And it was like, I, I hope we get to the mountaintop. Not you, Mexicans, or something. Oh, yeah. Right? We can't,
1: yeah. Black people can't hate other minorities. We have right. to, like, oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. And it, but it struck a chord. <laughs> and you're in like, my racist. that kid's got something in them. <laughs> in my racist heart um no i love a good racial
1: joke so i i feel like i messaged you and a manager no it was just me it was just me you found my aol email at the time Th- to be fair this is 06 for context yeah i this wasn't is. doing
0: stand-up really i was i i was semi i did it for a couple years a little bit and then i retired
1: it was just casual it wasn't like it was just hey man great set that was funny and i was like very appreciative which to this day is the reason why i'll message comics that i don't fucking know i hey that was a good late night feel the same
0: way and i told this story to somebody the other day when people talk about lorne michaels as like lorne michaels lorne told me a story of a he wrote a joke for woody allen when woody allen was a comic Mm -hmm. and lorne and his partner wrote a joke that ended up that Woody did and they were playing pool with Woody and Woody's. like that's a good joke and Lauren goes we ate out on that for six months (laughs) like Woody Allen liked our joke like that's you can get high that's like a form of when someone you respect like says hey
1: yes
0: I try I I still try to do it
1: that's what it was if I see a comic that I like in the club I'll just say hello but like You know, I don't have any career opportunities for you, but I just want to let you know, hey. Yes. I observe your craft, and I think it is good. Yes. Goodbye now. Keep doing it. And it's not like I replied back, Neil Brennan saved me or anything. You said, when are you going to start mentoring me? No, I would (laughs) have never. (laughs) You know what's fucked up, man? I'll help other comics, but then if they make like a formal request like that, it makes me nervous. Oh because somehow well I'm responsible. Yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't go right. You all
0: know my mentor. Yeah, it's like, "No, like, I don't call when he's getting hauled off to jail. Call
1: my mentor. Roy I, Wood Jr." I think this is a mentorless job.
0: I was thinking recently the idea that any comedian ever has said a thing that I told him to say <laughs> is so crazy, <laughs> meaning you're basically going like they have to trust you so much or just you know what I mean like your judgment. Yeah. Like, I think
1: this will work. Do you remember the first comic you pitched a joke to?
0: Well, the funny thing with me is I pitched a joke to Marin. That was a mistake. Like 92, <laughs> 93. I pitched a joke to, I remember I pitched a joke to Royale Watkins. 92, 93. Didn't work. Peak Def Jam. Yeah. ninety one, ninety two. 92. Every yeah. black
1: comic was trying to Yeah, be-
0: Royale popped off that shit. <laughs> uh didn't work and then i get i pitched a couple to dave and those worked that he didn't want it to work they just were like i just had this is when man. you're at the door yeah at the Boston, doorman.
1: yeah Boston Comedy.
0: yeah anyhow so so getting someone to it's just like a miracle that you know you have someone has to be funny although you know if you just see if you're just looking at blind pitches and you go eh, that's a good joke like you just but if the person doesn't look trustworthy it's a weird thing it's like do you would you want the person to be good looking or not <laughs> <laughs> if you read a good joke and someone's like, I wrote that joke. Hi Roy, nice to meet you. You'd yeah. be like, no, I don't trust like that joke. a good
1: looking person wants to do like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I you don't trust it. it. I would just lose faith in the joke. Like pretty much. I used to it. go to that go through that phase in college. Like gorgeous women would it was always Jesus. It's like, what church are you about to invite me to? If like, a good looking girl If a good looking woman oh, approached so me, funny. it was always Jesus. Yeah. There was like a good two, three year stretch where it's just And to this day. I have a similar but
0: different thing. If a woman is like a little too good looking for me, if she like slides in my DMs, 95% of the time, Canadian. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I'm like a Canadian... So I'm like, you need to move, bro. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. Roy, that cold ain't no, it's nothing's worth that cold. She's
1: gonna keep you warm, but then that Canadian uh, that was Canadian titties. i thought you were getting ready to say Canadian titties. <laughs> and I'm I like here for it, sweetie. The first block. Which sidebar, let me just say, terrible concept for a podcast. Thank you very much. Just um, bring your friends on and just force them. to. I just, know I'm milking
0: my friends for their troubles. Not,
1: not milking, but you're helping strangers through us having this conversation. I understand that, but it's also like, had I not go to therapy. I couldn't fucking, I wouldn't even know what the fuck my blocks were.
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> like, hopefully I'm people just, are, are aspiring to come on the podcast and they go to therapy. This makes people go to therapy because they go, it's someday I'll be in the big leagues. <laughs> um. All right. This is a good not. one. This is a good one. And someone, uh, one I didn't know and I relate to it you make yourself small mm. and you need to learn how to be selfish tell me more
1: yeah it's kind of a block and a half kind yeah of, exactly well take you can break it you make yourself small i think that i make the mistake of not owning who i am like in that sense like and it's not even arrogant as much as it is just blunt. like i remember and i had i had the realization of it I was late for a flight. Let's just say it's 10 minutes till the doors close and I'm on the wrong side of security. A guy on the same flight, and I can hear him as he's approaching. Excuse me, my flight leaves. Yeah, yeah. And this fucking white dude deboed his way through a three-turn queue line all the way to the front, past me, past the blue shirts, through security. And I got to the gate literally like as they're closing the door and pushing yeah. back maybe yeah. the worst feeling in the world yeah yeah like when you see the plane yeah and the plane's still there it's clear the worst is when there. the
0: door's still open but they won't let you on oh I like haven't sorry got that, that yeah they've done that to me and you want to like punch them and fucking run but they're holding the print out yeah once they yeah, have well, the print out their printout, hand. It's over. yeah it's, <laughs> it's these over. Are all the motherfuckers no, no, sorry nothing we can do <laughs> the printer
1: has spoken <laughs> it was one of those moments like a realization like just all i had to do was just fucking be bold yeah could do it tell me what you say i don't know cuz i've never i've never made that move before like i'm also the guy on the train who will immediately try to accommodate and move and then, oh, oh here's some space for you or the elevator but the elevator is too crowded or instead of just standing there going no mm.
0: Well, it's like there's the no thing more where room. there's like a pregnant lady standing, and you're just like, Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. On the subway, and you're just like, This is just what happened.
1: Yeah. Or, This is like, the way the seats broke down. Yo, I will look at a motherfucker from three motherfuckers away and try to like telepathically sit here. But that just looks crazy on the train. And like, right. the train is one of the places where asshole is the assumed default behavior. Yeah. So I actually feel like I have a little bit of power. I have
0: a joke that didn't quite work about the train, which is, Riding the subway in New York, it's hard to tell who is mentally ill and who is an unsigned rapper. <laughs> it's a little too specific. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, no, on this train. Still, excuse this dude me. just like, oh, uh, 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 like to the guy who's rapping to himself? <laughs> yeah, um, who has a beat in their head yeah. versus who has a voice yeah. in their head? Uh, uh,
1: uh, yeah. But it's this idea of not always the default is not for me to always fight for what i deserve well and that's to a detriment and then then that gets twisted into oh Royce, nice he's a nice yeah person
0: people mistake your kindness for weakness and they're right
1: <laughs> yeah and then they fucking exploit it yeah they try to at least i'm more aware of it now but so is it pa- it's passivity yeah yeah a thousand percent that but i don't know where that came from in my life
0: I found that I sometimes assume women are fragile and I assume it because my mom's got 10 kids and was married to an asshole. Right. And got through it. And at the same time she is fragile and there is a thing of like caretaking involved that I'm sure there's some, what I know about you and you're still close with your mom and I feel like you, there's a party that like, wants to take care of
1: her, right? Yeah, that's that's a huge part of a lot of my shit. But I'll also, well, you know what? I do think that part of it was school.
0: Well, yes.
1: transferring school. I was never in the same school district for more than two years until high school. When we moved to Birmingham, we moved to Birmingham in the third grade, and every two years, different side of town. So Was we're it ever Catholic in. school or public school? Two weeks, I did Catholic school for two weeks, it's all it took. and just, I was a behavioral nightmare. <laughs> really, what that. year? And I wasn't in fourth grade, and I wasn't even, a shout out to Ephesus Academy in Birmingham. Sure, sure. sure. You can claim me now on your website as an alum. <laughs> <laughs> two, weeks, asterisk, two weeks Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks, <laughs> and then y'all told me to take my ass back to Central Park. <laughs> like, but this idea of just wanting to fit in, not wanting to make a lot of trouble. I didn't get picked on a lot in school. I could use jokes a little bit to fit in, but I was never one of the cool kids. But I wasn't like ostracized. Yeah. So just let me just sit calm, and maybe like being small in a room. Maybe that I guess carried over into Delta. Like, like, all right, perfect example. This correspondence dinner, right? There's gonna be some big party after mm-hmm. that shit where you're gonna fucking see all of the all of the big wigs. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna walk in that party, and as best I can, I'm gonna make a l- lap around the perimeter. I play the perimeter of a party. Mm-hmm. I'm not a center of the party person. Yeah. Like, if we're like, if your proximity from the action in a party dictates your personality, I'll go to the party, but I'm yeah. not on the edge. I'm at the bar. Mm-hmm. I'll sit at the bar because I know everybody eventually has to come to the bar, and then I'll talk to you on an individual, you know, whatever, whatever, basis. And you act
0: like you're waiting for a drink?
1: Ding, ding. That's funny. And that's my I move. Oh, I get a drink, and I just nurse it. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Because it looks like you're waiting for somebody. look like I just got my drink. Yeah, that type of shit. So. It's a way for me to be able to manage conversations without there being like a huge this huge social pressure to be the
0: life. Do you judge the life of the party? Do you think it's shallow? It's like I didn't do stand-up for a long time because I pretended that I thought I wasn't a ham. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I could never. <laughs> I would never. That's beneath st- me. what? Oh. So look at them.
1: No. And I then don't. I realized, like, oh yeah. yeah. Only time I don't fuck with life for the parties when they try to drag me to the center, into the into the nucleus of whatever the social thing is that's happening. I enjoy playing the edge. Like if you took me to a family barbecue, I'm gonna hang by the dude at the grill. Nobody hangs by the grill. That's my spot. Right. But everybody's got to come to the grill. You just wait, man. You just like you just in the cut. Yeah, literally in the cut. But that doesn't always behoove you in a career where you have to be loud, screaming and yelling and social media posting all the time so people will know about your shows and all that. Here's a clip of me doing the thing from the. Y'all should have seen me last night. God bless my fucking social media managers because, the- hey, we think this clip from last night, you should post this. That's not funny. I don't know. That's yeah. Yeah. And will post it and they'll do a thousand retweets. Yeah. I'm like, all right, you were right. Yeah. Well, I why don't you just let up. them post it? Well, because I want to control and curtail the things that I put out that reflect back on my image. And I don't want people to think I'm bragging too much. But it's like, no, I'm going to fucking, I have to start owning it. You have to stop being small. Yeah. So, yeah, I am hosting the White House Correspondence Dinner. Mother yeah. Matter. Yeah, motherfucker yeah i am going to fucking crush it i am going to guest host the daily show and fucking knock that out, knock that out the park so you have to start thinking like that and since i've started shifting those thoughts in the last like two years year and a half that's where shit has started to fucking Did turn the corner
0: well what i'm saying is do you think it's a personality thing where you're like there's something like I shitty feel that, about you judge the people that do it you judge the hams you judge the you judge uh guys that are good at it cuz there are guys that are like really good promoters and Kevin Hart's really good promoter and really funny I don't
1: I don't judge it but I definitely envy
0: that I don't have that
1: skill set sometimes
0: But don't you think it's characterological don't you think it's in your personality you to be like ah like I bet third grade roy was still on
1: the same shit absolutely (laughs) absolutely like i just wouldn't i'd always decided to accept making myself small because i felt like being big would be an inconvenience to someone to to someone yeah and i don't want to be an inconvenience i don't want to draw any attention away from what y'all you know y'all go ahead and have a good time it's always putting myself second third or sometimes fourth in a situation you know like that's you know that's not good do you think it's you were always
0: like, do you think it's learned? Do you think it was like just in you? Cause I kind of feel like where I am in terms of my orientation of humanity is like, we're these spirits and we get dipped in this human and we have some spirit characteristics. And then we have really these dope. human ones <laughs> like just like, Oh, you're Neil <laughs> Brennan. And you're like, your parents are this and then, and, and it's like, it. so you wonder yeah. like some of this shit. Cause you go, I don't know where I got that from.
1: I can tell you how early it happened. But to say that this was the this was the inciting incident that created that yeah, behavior. Yeah, oh yeah, in my I don't psyche. think it's ever
0: an or as clear an origin story. As yeah, like.
1: I don't have that. But I can. Yeah, I was totally making myself small here and there. I swap shifts with people at work in high school.
0: Did anyone ever make you feel like an imp- Is there if there was an or uh, uh, an origin story? Was would it ever be like someone shame uh, like shamed you for? trying to stand up for yourself
1: stink comedy club bookers and that's really where it fucked me for a long time Is because if you don't stand up for yourself in this business motherfuckers will roll over you and they did for a long time with me and so if you already feel like you don't belong or you're just happy to be here you're gonna behave like you're just happy to be here instead of behaving like you belong. Yeah. And presentation dictates perception. So now the people around me are treating me like, well, I don't know, is that motherfucker? I don't acting yeah. like you should be here. So you should have worn for, sunglasses. I just, we just did some shit the other night for Byron Allen. It was, just, it was me, Keenan Thompson, Tommy Davidson, said, Gary Owen, Tiffany Haddish, like enough people that are higher than me on the comedy totem pole. But we're all, we've all gone to school together. Yeah. Like, I'm familiar with you. Yeah. So, for me, something like that, how I played that now versus how I would have played that five years ago. Like, now, oh, no, I'm going to stand next to Seth Entertainer and go, what's up, man? How you been? How's it like? Et cetera, et cetera. Versus, hey, I see y'all over there, but I'm going to be yeah. over here in my corner. Not as preparing- good as y'all. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that type of shit. Which I still have a lot of that in me, but it's about acting against that impulse so that you can drive yourself to grow psychologically. Because you can't, you know, you can be shy, you can be quiet, but you cannot be a pushover. And so I think making yourself small, you're putting two strikes against yourself.
0: I don't like faking it till you make it as a general practice, but... I don't think this is that. I think this is like, so you've done some shit at this point in terms of like the order of those people, there's two different orders. There's like the funniest. Then there's the most popular. Then there's the richest, but you're on all those lists.
1: Yeah. For that room on that night, I'm in the, I deserve to be yep. here. I've done enough. So yes. I can stand here next to you motherfuckers and we can talk. We may not have done as many shows together. We may not as have as long of a comedy backstory. Yep together but you know me and you know what so i'm going to stand i will be in the center of the room i don't think you were right to take cedric's drink from his hand well i shouldn't you shouldn't have let me take it i snatched that shit <laughs> like jail i
0: fucking give me, give me your drink i think that was wrong what made you uh like go oh, that's enough
1: fatherhood has a lot to do with it
0: go, go here we go
1: fatherhood Oxford. like restructures your dna A little bit in terms of what examples am I setting for him? Right. Like, once shit started hurting my money, which then in turn hurts my ability to provide, Mm -hmm. I'm not fucking playing with you no more. Yeah. So, whatever the fuck I feel or whatever hesitancies I have about. Saying or not saying some shit, that shit's out the window. There was a staffing change I needed to make on the podcast, and I just had—I've never fired anyone or made a change or anything like. that. Oh, I've I think never, I remember
0: you talking about this, and it's funny. Like, uh, and, how how did you find it?
1: Because it was fucking with my money, right? But ha, no, no, no. How, how, but, but, like,
0: by the way, you're talking like a character on Power tonight. Yeah, really? You fucking. So with my that's money, what. You so then. So that's then my son was born, and I'm not fucking with you. <laughs> Once my son is here, <laughs> like Adam um, Ferrara,
1: like <laughs> fucking
0: swarmy lawyer. Um, so uh, I haven't watched Yellowstone. Is this what it's like? Um, <laughs> it's this with Southern
1: accent. There's certain things that you have to come to grips with, and you have to face them immediately. And as you would say the biggest possible.
0: catalyst, your son. Absolutely. I also for like everything for the people at home that you refer to your son as the boy, <laughs> as often as you, as often as you talk. I was saying
1: to the boy, yeah, the boy, you know, the boy. Also, some people don't like it. I said it one time to a woman I was talking to one time. She I love work. it. It's so goddamn funny. She did not like it. She, um, your son has a name, and I just don't understand why you're disrespecting him. I'm like, but you know me. You know the intent. Like, words are just sounds with your throat. Like it, you know.
0: Yeah. Uh, which yep.
1: brings me to another block.
0: Yes. Leadership. Great. Not on here, and I like it. Yeah.
1: Not a good leader, and that's something that I'm working on now.
0: Leadership's hard, man. The only male leadership that we see are sports coaches, which is a lot of yelling. It's very militaristic. And military. Which All is fully, yelling,
1: which is fully militaristic.
0: Yeah, <laughs> which is also very militaristic, <laughs> um, ironically enough. And parenting, and if you've if you've gotten you know if your dad's around, if he's a good leader of the family, if you've seen that resolve conflict well, that's so. If you haven't seen any of that stuff,
1: it's really nah. hard. Now nah, my pops was for sure like I can call it. Now he was for sure anxious, anxious avoidant. So he didn't like. Him and my mom didn't argue often. He just would not do, yeah. Or we would talk his shit and dip. Like you know, good dad, bad husband. I guess is probably the best way that I've always explained him. And this is a shit no one can prepare you for, or train you for. Like the, I don't have a fucking mentor on leadership, but also don't have the best examples either. Like, well, I, yeah, like that's every, the thing. That's at a certain point you have to be your own example. Like even now, when people when people ask about the Daily Show and they're like, oh. Do you want to host The Daily Show? And they they talk about this shit solely from a place of, do you want the chair and to be funny and political satire?
0: It's like that's the tip of the iceberg. That's
1: easy. Yeah. Do you want to lead 95 people four days a week into battle? And you're the general. And then you have to also establish... That you're the general. Yeah. In the building where you've been since you was an intern, like this idea of, are you ready to crack jokes and take down yeah. the establishment? No, like, yeah. That's easy. Yeah, yeah. Can I lead 90 people? Yeah. Like even watching Trevor, that's probably the best example of leadership that I've gotten. I, and then,
0: it's one of the best one I've gotten. And I was barely there and I barely saw him. But like, he's a very, very, he is truly like, equanimity like he truly is like
1: knows how to it petrifies me because because to be a leader and this is where fatherhood has helped to play a role a little bit is that if i'm and it's not just this isn't just hosting the daily show this is any show that i go and produce and i become an executive producer or i go to some other network and I'm gonna go do my own thing Still in charge of 95 motherfuckers. Yeah. And you got to figure out a tactful way to get them to want to try something that they may not necessarily see or understand or even agree with. And give their all to it and not be resentful in their effort in the moment. And that is a way of talking to people that more often than not, there is no class to take, there is no prep course. Mm -hmm. You just have to pray to fucking God you had good examples along the way yeah. and you do what they did and that's that's the best that I can hope for because like I've, I've used this analogy before with leadership but like with my son I'm his first general mm-hmm. for the most part I don't yell I'd say 95% of the time and even then I'm not screaming nah, 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 nah. it's just hey do Hey, stop making me well, ask you. It's also you a thing that time. you have
0: to use judiciously in that, like, you want it to work. Although yelling does always work yeah, with no. children.
1: After a while, though, it doesn't, like, like because even with whippings with me, I got whipped as a kid, but somewhere around fifth grade, my mom stopped because she just knew I didn't give a f- Like, you're going to do your thing. Yeah. You're going to go on with me, motherfucker. Yeah. So she had to figure out new psychological, and she did. She evolved. So it's the same thing with me, where all she right, evolved to electrocuting him a little <laughs> bit, right? <laughs> like, Motherfucker, gonna stab you. Is, get get like, my taser, like Bo Jackson's mom, who like pointed a gun at him one time. Really? Yeah, some story about that. But like with my son, I've t- I've told this analogy before, but like when I'm working with him and we're building Legos together, there's like there's like two ways to do Legos, where. You can follow the instructions, right? We do the instruction. And then there's times where we're freestyling Legos and we're just both building shit. And he'll try to tell me what to do with my pieces. And I'm trying to tell him what to do with it. And it's not fucking working. But if we both agree before we start building, all right, hey, what the fuck are we building? Building an airplane? All right, cool. Check it out. You do the fuel slodge, You do the front. I'll do the tail, we'll do the wings together. Deal? Deal. Cool. And whatever we put together, we just combine, and it's the smoothest fucking thing, and and like that's, that's really where I learned the whole concept of like, oh, you've got to go team go before you break huddle to even go and fucking do the thing.
0: Blue Chew is a unique service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but in a chewable tablet and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. I know what you're thinking, Neil. There's no way in heck you would ever need something to strengthen your penile erections. That's what I call them, penile erections. Hi, I don't think we've met. I'm Neil. And uh, but wake up, dummy. It's insurance. You can probably get it, get a boner, but why? Why risk it? You know what I mean? Like, just call for backup, as it were. Blue Chew wants to help you have better sex. Discover your options at bluechew.com. Chew it and do it. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code NEAL, N-E-A-L, at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. Promo code NEAL to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. Thank you, Blue Chew. Call for backup. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey, the easy way to save when shopping on your iPhone or computer. How do you feel when you find a deal? Do you feel smart, lucky, excited? What about when you're surprised by a deal? Does it feel like you're getting a treat for free, a little special treat. Thanks to Honey, manually searching for coupon codes is a thing of the past. Honey is the free shopping tool that scours the internet for promo codes and applies the best one it finds to your cart. Imagine you're shopping on one of your favorite sites. Uh, When you check out, the Honey button appears and all you have to do is click Apply Coupons. Wait a few seconds as Honey searches for coupons it can find for that site. And if Honey finds a working coupon you'll watch the prices drop. I've used Honey myself, I swear to God. I've been using it for years, otherwise I wouldn't endorse it. It's almost weird how much I use it. Honey doesn't just work on desktops, it works on your iPhone too, just activate it on Safari on your phone and save on the go. If you don't already have Honey, you could be straight up missing out, and by getting it, you'll be doing yourself a solid and supporting this show. Get PayPal Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash Neil. That's joinhoney.com slash Neil. Honey, 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 honey. Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list, did I ate this? They sent it to me. They sent me a bunch. Uh, some had meat, which you know I don't do. Um, but uh, a couple more of veggie, and I had mushroom risotto. I believe it's. If I were at home, I could tell you, but I ate it, and it was literally delicious. Um, like actually great. It wasn't like ugh. it was like oh this like tastes like I ordered it. Choose from keto, vegan and veggie, calorie smart, and protein plus options on the menu each week. Uh, prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. Head to Factormeals.com slash Neil50 and use code neal 50 to get 50% off. Your first box. That's code NEIL50 at factormeals.com slash NEIL50 to get 50% off your first box. I want to talk about fatherhood as it pertains to your perception of your father.
1: Go. You're only asking that because you know I'm going to unpack that shit in the next couple of years. That's like the... There, well, because I was I-
0: telling i was telling somebody before you got here like the story your dad's story is so crazy and great it's like more cinematic than cinema (laughs) like screenwriters are like what
1: the fuck straight
0: (laughs) straight villain turned hero yeah
1: (laughs) but okay so villain tell the
0: story about your dad
1: the finding your root story yeah The, the car yes okay so well, so, the backstory. Well,
0: so let's set it up like you're a little. How would you categorize? Is
1: your father still alive? No, no. My father passed in 95. I was 16. Okay. So,
0: it, it never got to be especially good. Was it ever especially bad?
1: Your relationship with your dad? It was never bad. It was distant. Okay. It was distant to a degree. Okay.
0: And he like, was a bit of a philandering. He, it, he got it. He I went am, Rolling Stone. I
1: am the ninth. I'm my mother's only child. I'm the ninth of 11 children.
0: Uh, on your father's side?
1: Correct. Yeah. By, I think, four women, I think is the count. But my father, like, almost don't even like leading with that because on the job side of the game, a stellar fucking journalist that covered yeah. everything from the Soweto riots in South Africa. He was in Rhodesia covering the Civil War. He embedded, yeah. he chose to be embedded in Vietnam. He was not sent there. He was like, where the black people at? They getting ra- Racism? All right, send me. Yeah, he did that shit. He didn't. He kind of march with. Not, kinda, my fucker. Every civil rights <laughs> shit you can name, my fucker, was there was with a tape doing recorder it, we're covering it. Yeah. So, so well, that's the thing. It's like he did a radio show with Ernie Banks in the '60s in Chicago. Like, like they what, co-hosted. Yeah, like the way Aaron Rodgers does his yeah, Monday yeah, morning, yeah. whatever the fuck. Yeah. My pops just talking racism. Just.
0: Ernie Banks is, uh, I believe, uh, called Mister Cub, and also yeah. he's anti-vax and he's done ayahuasca last year, right? Is, we don't. Know. Are he, we doing Aaron Rodgers? Died long is that before. an Aaron Rodgers show? That's yes, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, yeah, I'm not here to like. No, no, I understand. He, I I never gotten the sense that you didn't. I, your dad's a a people are contain that's it
1: that, But it's an important part of the story in terms of. So so my father walked with a lamp. So my dad. Oh, sidebar. So I have two younger half brothers from a woman that my father was with after he was with my mom. Okay. And so that's who he ended up kind of being with until he died. And I do find in your roots, and they start breaking down. Show on PBS,
0: Doctor Henry Louis Gates, where you go, people, they yeah, you, you trace you send them your family tree. Sending your DNA to
1: trace your shit with was it birth certificates, wedding, marriage licenses. Mm-hmm. House deeds, census data. They can literally just, it's just all paperwork. It's just how patient are you to go through all the microfilms at various libraries. So I go and do this show, and they made some calls. And so my father always walked with a limp. And I had this feeling like when I had my son, where you you kind of, when I had my son at least, you go through this whole, I'm going to do this with him. I'm going to do that. I mean, man i can't wait to just have this life with him this and is person. It
0: a reaction to your dad
1: no in that moment i'm just thinking right. about what i want to do yeah. with him right right, right. Then, but is
0: that the stuff it's like unlike my no okay. no it was just just was i just like fucking the, yeah, love, love yeah, bro. yeah yeah yeah
1: and then i'm thinking okay well how am i going to teach that well who taught me that i'm a dad Damn, he damn dad didn't teach, shit he didn't teach me that either who the fuck well, what the fuck did he teach her And uh-huh. like this idea and then the resentment years later. My pops driving when I was 16. I'm 37 years old in the hospital holding my firstborn. And now I'm mad. That's funny. Now I'm mad. Yeah. And I talked to my, my two younger half brothers. And we had a conversation, bro. We had a long conversation just about what the dynamic was like. I know it was like when my dad was home, but what was it like when he was over at your house? Right. And what they walked me through was like just a totally different fucking world. Like my pops, my my parents worked different shifts, so they were never really in the house at the same time, just in general, which I guess worked out for the better. But like, I really only saw my dad on Sundays. I would see him in passing and he would pick me up from sports shit and drop me off. And then he would head back to the radio station or to, you know, go out in the streets and go drink or whatever. So, like, I didn't really have the same regular family interaction with him. Anytime I was out with him, I knew he was respected, and people respected me. People treated me very kind. Like, my dad did a lot of good shit in the city, and, like, it was was nothing for us to swing by. Like, my pops was the one that would pull up where the homeless people are warming and just hand out 20s. Like, he was just... He did good shit. Then I call my little brothers, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Daddy checked our homework. He would show up to practice and watch practice." And I'm like, "What the fuck is going on over there?"
0: Squeezing your baby harder, and harder. <laughs> <I'm> squeezing <laughs> my child.
1: I'm 37, and I'm fucking mad at a dude that's been dead yeah. almost, yeah, a while, 25 years. Yeah, yeah. what do you do with that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you right. can't. Yeah. What do you do with that? So. A couple of years go by. I go do Finding Your Roots. And so my father walks with this limp. And anytime we talked about it, it was always like, oh, yeah, your daddy got hit by a car when he was a teenager. And that's all they told us. And that's all he would say.
0: Right. All and he had, there was like upkeep too, right? He'd have to get it. Oh, like- yeah.
1: Because he he got hit. His hip got shattered in a couple of places. And this is peak puberty. So we had to get a hip replacement every like five to seven years to keep up with this yeah. growth. This because- is
0: puberty in the 50s, peak puberty.
1: Oh yeah, Pops was tall, 6'3". <laughs> <laughs> three. So I don't know what he was when he got hit, but he grew up to six. Th- There's only so much elevation you can put on a shoe. We uh-huh. go, <laughs> hey man, we gotta cut you open again, get yeah. you a new leg. Yeah. So so he gets hit by a car or whatever, and he lives his life with a limp. Handsome man had the gift of gab. I guess if you have a limp, then you make up for it with charm or whatever. So I go on Finding Your Roots and I come to find out the day my father got hit by the car, he was walking his high school sweetheart home from school. And he, there was another, like, let's just say he's a sophomore or some shit. And there's a senior that starts spitting game at my dad's chick. And his game's tight. And he pulled her. He fucking pulled my pop's girlfriend in front of him. And she goes walking off with the new dude. I never even, like,
0: really heard of this until you told me. Like, the 50s was just wild. Like,
1: you just say, bitch, come with me, baby. (laughs) What you doing with that loser? What? You need to be. Yeah, like, you, yeah. Somebody could literally just pull. Like, I've heard of that as like in some weird like like the um what was that the snoop what, what? Yeah, the doggy know, style yes. album yeah like you a know the game your bitch chose yeah, yeah. me yeah
0: it's a scene from <laughs> the mac or something it's like they're doing another scene but it's still like cartoon shit
1: yeah um, this really happened yeah so so a dude come down off the porch, pull my pops' girlfriend. They go gallivanting down the sidewalk. My dad, I guess he's walking all behind, dejected. The couple, the new couple, <laughs> they go through the they go through the crosswalk, and the girl drops her book. My father, your father's ex
0: girlfriend, drops of uh, five minutes, drops her book. Maybe
1: not even five Newly minutes. Newly ex, half a ninety block, seconds, yeah, half a block. Ex drops her book in the in the crosswalk. My pops, being a gentleman, goes out to the crosswalk to get the book, gets hit by a car. Now, with that information, how do you think that informed how he saw women and how he chose to treat women and relationships after that?
0: Positively?
1: <laughs> Respectfully? So, it. I'm not going to say it made it right, but it gave me a different understanding of oh, you just didn't trust nobody. That's why you never really took marriage serious. You just did it to keep women content. Yeah. But you didn't really give a fuck. You just were just going to do what you wanted to fucking do. Yeah. And that's B- what you Thinking did. that
0: they were going to do the same program.
1: Some got in line, some didn't.
0: Right. Well, no, they he probably thought they were going to be cheating on him and they didn't care and they were going to leave him for anywhere he went. Correct. He, they could just be
1: plucked. Could you imagine have it like just think about how pure high school love is yeah and for that to just like have your th- and, you know and he's from that no therapy generation so yeah so he ain't talked to nobody about this shit and his pops died they used to he-
0: firebomb therapist's office back then <laughs> yeah <laughs> throw molotov cocktails if you open it if and you mind a-
1: you he's 13 or 14 years old when this happens my father lost his father when he was four and on top of that He disappeared. He was disappeared in Georgia. So my grandfather on my dad's side just straight up didn't come home one night. And that's the story on him. So you know that's some Georgia lynching shit. So you're dealing with that. And then also, according to Finding Your Roots, there was no new male head of household listed on the census paperwork at any period of his life after the Georgia incident. Same so I mean, the mom, mom
0: your never grandmother remarried. never remarried. Never
1: remarried. Yeah. Now we don't know if there's some dude in the house here and there, sure. but we know for sure she never remarried. And in those days, you weren't just letting some motherfucker come lamp up at your house. You had to put a fuck. You had to marry. It's early lamping. Yeah. This is <laughs> what they call them hobo sexuals now. Like, so what man was there to fucking help yeah. his self esteem or to help him? Well, that's any of that shit. Yeah. Bro? I mean.
0: There's about a million things I could say thoughts that I have about this in terms of we all want to hold our our parents to a standard, right? They're superheroes yeah. and how could you, mother, Yeah, mother. and how what you didn't care, all this. And I wish that every parent had as clear a motive or explanation or origin story for their behavior. Yeah. as and it's 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 that thing uh you never know what someone else is carrying and sometimes it's your dad
1: <laughs> you know what i mean but this guy that this pillar never talked about it and keep in mind he's still at the at the point where i am like where he and i really started spending time together about a year before he died was when i got my learner's permit so i would drive him to all of his speaking engagements so i was sitting in the back of churches and you know Elks Lodge halls and all that shit and just watch him give speeches, but never talked about that shit, never volunteered it. And that's the thing that I really want to like kind of key in a little bit on on stage at some point. It's like your, parents, and then, then on top of that, PTSD of the civil rights movement, like that's also not forget, he's also getting shot at in every war and getting cracked over the skull yeah. when he comes home. And then also your leg got crushed because because you, you
0: tried to be nice to a woman who yeah, spurned you. Exactly.
1: You know the game. Your <laughs> bitch chose me.
0: And yeah, yeah. Got, it's that's like very. It's so, like it's it's such a crazy. You couldn't even, story. You,
1: none of our parents, none of our untherapied parents, are truly prepared to unpack that shit with us, the children. Cause they haven't even done it for themselves yet. I, I. So you try, can't even.
0: I broached some stuff with my mom in the last year about her childhood. Her mom died when she was like two or three. You think she's grieved? You know what I mean. Like she hasn't done any any unpacking, as we call it. Yeah. They just they all they knew was how to pack. they were expert packers and it's how what how presumptuous is it of me to think she might have the skills or interest to do that
1: yeah i think you and i were talking about that a little bit when i was talking about my mom like i think this demand that someone unpack is unfair number one two if they if they're happy yeah leave it alone
0: or yes it is a little disappointing I will, if I can empathize with the younger generation, it's a little disappointing when you feel like you did this work. It's not easy work, it, but it is helpful. And you want them to kind of get to your emotional level. It, but it's yeah. a, it's it's literally, they already have a phrase for it. You're trying to teach an old dog new tricks. How old do you think that is? 120 years old? <laughs> it's
1: foolish. Yeah, but just think about how many of their emotions have calcified at this point. Of course. And- like it's almost like on some, you know, what's like the point? geologically impossible. Yeah, I mean, my mom and I—we talked a little bit just about some of those days and some of those times, and it's been—it's been productive, but also don't want to be the person to every time I go home and she's just happy to see me because I'm home. Hey, here's your grandson. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, oh, wow. I love my grandbaby. Talk to me about father. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, yeah, drag her through that yes. shit. So I've been every every year i'll get one or two questions yeah no yeah exactly i'm
0: like all right that's that's good for this year yeah like that's all that'll (laughs) no you know what that's i think today i think we did good today you like and you it's a bit of a race against time yeah everybody's getting older
1: but also what i've learned from my mother is like you know when they say happiness is a choice that is a motherfucking truthful thing yeah. I my mom used to say that all the time. My mom is definitely masterful at that. And when I look back at like our life, I can go, Oh damn, you really were like intentional. Like all of this other shit was going around, but you were like, No, I'm going to grad school, getting a law degree, getting a PhD, and I'm gonna get like she just had a North Star and just never let anything else around her shake her. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I just just think that our parents are, as much as we look up to them, like, they didn't know everything they were doing. Mm -hmm. I don't know everything I'm doing. Like, it's, I'm raising a child that is smarter than me at the same mile marker that I don't know it is yet to be seen how new disciplinary techniques. Right. There's
0: no long-term studies. You don't know if you did it right until. Even like when people go like participation trophies, they might work. We don't know. I mean, as an example of one thing of like the one that gets all the, but that might work. It's like somebody was saying it's the, the Dr. Spock thing, the thing about like letting your kids cry through the night. Yeah, That was a new thing. And it was, Totally accepted in the seventies. Ferberizing,
1: I forget
0: what. Yeah, it was totally accepted, and somebody was gonna like going. I remember when you were getting, like, sleep trained by your parents, <laughs> and you would just cry. And I didn't even. I wasn't even. I like. I was like, yeah, I don't know. But they probably thought it was good. I. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's the, as you were
0: talking like the responsibility of, so it's a biological urge. Fucking is a biological urge. And then it's a thing you just do. And then 10 months later, you have a child. It would be like if you just fucked and then you had a Fortune 500 company. (laughs) That's how prepared. It's like, I don't know anything (laughs) about books, bookkeeping, running a business, management, (laughs) any of this shit. And then,
1: but the expectation is you have to, and you have to be perfect. Tommy Johnigan had a great joke on Letterman. He's talking about how it sucks because you can literally just accidentally make a person. Yeah. And you have a fool's You could never accidentally make a shed. Yeah, that's so there's funny. There's planning, there's supplies, there's yeah. all out. Yeah. But a person, you can just go, oops,
0: <laughs> person. <laughs> yeah, and now I have like more responsibilities than I can even fathom. And and it was, you were supposed to back then, and women had fewer... Like just so many ands. But I wouldn't
1: be where I am career-wise if not for my son like that I mean you knew me in LA bro like there's a lack in LA as a city has a lack of urgency (laughs) but I for sure have done more in the last seven years than I did the first 15 or whatever the fuck it adds up to make 24 years like that Just it's it's unmatched. It's unmatched. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to anyone. (laughs) Just (laughs) fucking go make a baby.
0: But oh why, yeah. That's exactly right. Like the you're not alone. I mean, it seems to be like an animating thing for people.
1: Yeah. And and it and it creates a level of focus and stakes to everything, which forces you to evolve. I'm thankful I'm evolving. But beyond professionally. Correct. But then you also have to start taking stock of yourself and going, all right, well, like like to even be here today, all right. Well, what the fuck do I need to what's wrong?" And I already had like three or four things, like already <laughs> sitting in the back. You look at your phone like, like, fuck, I already got it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, this here's a question. What are the positive ways you've evolved since you had the boy?
1: I think all of this. The only thing I need to work on, only thing I need to tighten up on is my health. But that's just because diet and exercise is just such a fucking scheduling. And it's easy to get caught up in just work. Because work is easy. Work is comforting. Work is familiar. Work is also
0: literal. And you're good at it. Sometimes that's at the, the thing that I people always forget. It's like, I'm, I like working because i'm good at i'm like it's a thing i'm good it at it doesn't feel like work right it's, i enjoy this it's a you're good at it it's a it's fun to like you want to see what? me do karate i'm good at karate and you even if you're not <laughs> trying to impress somebody it's just <laughs> cool to do a thing you're good at
1: i would say though probably 95 of it is that and then there's five percent of people that are like okay but i need you to go do two push-ups today like, right like, well that's a, the there, thing there it's like concern yes too.
0: and you don't like exercise because I'm betting you're not incredibly good at it.
1: It it also requires regular rest, which requires a schedule that is predictable, which requires you taking certain pots off the stove. Right. And that's something that I have to like reckon with and tighten up on. And the net, if we're just going on the aggregate of the last seven years, health is net positive, but it's also the thing that I work at the least so it's like, oh, I get better with barely, you know. Yeah, yeah, Oh, I walk to the train instead of taking the $12 Uber. Or, oh, I'm starting to have oatmeal and eggs again in the morning. Well, that's a fucking boost. Like, you know, little shit like that. So it's just a matter of being more conscious about it. But that's definitely something. I, I mean, you saw me in fucking L.A. 50 pounds ago. What is? You were 50 pounds heavier? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah. I don't even um, remember. Two thirty now? I was at my peak in LA I was two eighty five. Six two two eighty five. Like I have the picture, so I can go back and look. I mean, it. i I'm, now like, that I'm now that you say it. Yeah, like I can picture it. You ever see a picture of yourself from like years ago and you just wanna like Text the woman you were dating at the time. My Thank bad. you for everything. This is my bad. <laughs> I, I didn't know I looked like that when I was out with you. <laughs> you God really was you. trying. <laughs> I'm gonna send you a gift certificate. <laughs> you were a Good woman. Um,
0: and what are the things you've done for your directly besides have a son? Um, what have you done? Like made an effort, got a result in terms of all this mental health shit.
1: Uh, Taking brief moments to celebrate victories and things that I've. Accomplished.
0: You made a concerted effort to do that.
1: Correct. Give me an example. Correspondence turns a perfect example. I took myself to Hillstone. I had an $80 ribeye steak. By yourself? By myself. Didn't want to go with anyone. Didn't want to bring in. And you made them clear the dining room and you ate? Mm, No. But I am going to do that at Joe's Crab Shack when I get money. Fantastic. When I get real money, I'm going to go to Joe's Crab Shack. Where's that? I'm going to rent that bitch. It's a southern seafood chain. It's like red lobster with corny music. Playing all the time. The food's fucking amazing. Great Atmosphere's terrible, so I want to shut that down. Sure, no music. What turn, do you think that'll turn on cost? The lights you? on. Sounds like eleven grand. More? There are about. I gotta buy them out. So whatever they're whatever right, they. But what do you think? The buyout is? Is. You only got to buy them for an hour and a half.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you could do this right now, Roy. <laughs>
1: I got news for you. You could do this after the correspondence. Thing. You could do this uh, June first. Uh, I don't think I'll ever be a person that truly celebrates anything. Not at the, not to the degree that other people do. Like, I think people get very, people get more excited for my shit sometimes than I do. Do you find
0: it like pride cometh before the fall?
1: Yeah. Because it, it goes back to the light at the end of the tunnel. It, to me, that's not salvation. It's the train coming to hit me. Right. So you can send me all the congratulatory Oh, you got the White House course. Good for you. And I'm sitting in the corner like, fuck. Fuck, I gotta deliver. Yeah. And that's all I'm thinking about. Yes. And to the wrong person, they take that as rejection and they take it personally. Yeah. Which makes me not want to talk to you because you're not giving me space to do this on my terms. Because well, you're, you're like you the sports
0: guy when they you win the division and you go like
1: I haven't won shit yet. You got work to do, and that's literally yeah. and no, that's I, how I approach I it. totally relate to
0: that and I probably but approach but it the same
1: and, way. and that's but but the problem is that in certain relationships if you are with someone that wants to celebrate everything because they celebrate everything for yes. themselves they're going to yes. take that and as you rejection. You feel
0: like a party pooper even though it's supposed to be for you.
1: And the only alternative is to lie.
0: Right, pretend to be excited. The fake and celebrate, go, hey, yeah. And you go like, this is bad. I could be writing a joke right now for the
1: correspondent. Hey, let's ends. go both celebrate yeah. with a steak. What yeah. I'm thinking, yeah, thanks for the text, but I need to get on this call with freaking Christiana and Angelo and start yeah. putting pieces together. Yeah. Because they don't understand the immense amount of pressure. I don't think anyone outside of entertainment truly understands what it takes to do this at a fiscally sustainable level year in and year out and provide without there being pressure like that, that degree of pressure of providing, I don't think they'll, especially in fucking New York and it's nothing you can put into words. It's nothing you can say to someone, but they just don't understand how we operate with that fucking well, it's overhead, fucking it's yeah. Ray Liotta in good fellas helicopter. helicopter I'm yeah. constantly looking for the fucking helicopter it's it's up there man I can see it I can feel it man yeah even if I'm wrong and even if every year I've done more well I did more because I was fucking. didn't fucking. my therapist says some fucked me up and I still ain't even like really processed it all the way and she said something in the ballpark. Uh, I'm gonna butcher it, but basically, we have to be careful in leaning into the behaviors that helped us survive, right? And letting go of them when it's time to thrive, right? Something yeah.
0: Like. Well, all right, great. Help me figure out what did what.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, but in the meantime, rent due, motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. So roll the dice and be wrong at this altitude. The fall is much further. So you know, I don't know. I I think about that, but that the fear keeps me honest. It keeps me focused. It keeps a work ethic high. My pops had a fucking hell of a work ethic.
0: I think it's ultimately positive uh, to have to to maybe not celebrate
1: on the what we would call the on the nine yard line. But you know what I will do. I will. The day after it, well, not the day after, correspondent, but like the, it's like two days after, I will fly myself to Chicago and I will sit at Wrigley Field and I will watch a Cubs game, and I'll turn my fucking phone off, and I'll just sit there like Thanos, fucking after he's, are you gonna buy it out again, fucking, uh, like the steakhouse? <laughs> no, I, I did a suite at Wrigley one time. After I take my second hour special, I'll never do that again. Did you pay for it? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm not that famous. I'm not Bill Murray, motherfucker. They ain't just handing me no suite. Did they, Did they? How many people were in the suite? About 12, 13. It was fun, but I would do the suite alone. <laughs> like that's my shit. I want nice it. shit, but I want to be alone.
0: Yeah. Be you want? If you're gonna be a brat, be a fucking brat about yeah. it. Yeah.
1: I'm not. I'm not Charlie Sheen bow left field. Yeah. Yeah. When I get to that.
0: And therapies helped you a lot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just to to sort through shit. Like I think I'm I'm fortunate in that I've had a decent degree of self awareness. I just needed affirmation from somebody. Oh yeah, here's what you're thinking, here's what you're feeling. So do this and try that instead. Like that's that's been a big help. But, you know, I'm not on I've never been on meds or suicidal or anything. Like like I've never I've never yeah. been. In, I've never been in the deep end of the mental health pool. Yeah, you know, I've been around a lot of cats who have, so it's given me a little bit of a better eye into myself. Some, like even with like, to bring it back to ayahuasca, like even Roy with did that, ayahuasca at the place I, did I did half, do ayahuasca. I did half of he eye. did a half.
0: It's a two day half ceremony. Of. Roy did one. I fucking dipped.
1: That shit was scary. (laughs) (laughs) It was gone, bro. It it, it, it wasn't scary. It was just a lot to take in.
0: You said it was like a bunch of, it was like too many people talking at a barbecue, at a family barbecue. Yeah. Or some kind of family
1: function. Yeah. It was like being in a room because there were a lot of people there at the yeah. ceremony or whatever but then in your head it's just too many fucking people talking
0: was it people that you hadn't that you like forgot you knew kind of thing yeah i think like it was just, and uncles
1: yeah but it was just more visualizations of them just multiple visualizations of people and things and people you love and people you miss and stuff like that and then having the realization in the moment that oh i just i want love i want my son to know love i have to in order for my son to know love he has to see love so if i'm going to if i'm going to show him love i i need to fucking be in love. I need to fuck oh shit, I have to fucking be with somebody. I gotta be in love. Okay, well, what were my examples of love? And now we're right back to the day he was born. Well, what was my father's example? How did my father show me love? And then I think back and I think back to all of the moments that he had with the other woman and not my mom. I'm like, oh fuck. He was in love. For as much as as, as much as Like he as wouldn't can,
0: have stayed with her. If he wasn't in love, like what you know about him.
1: Divorcing my mom, whatever, you know, that could be its own. That's a separate thing. But my father loved that woman who he's buried next to. When I go back and like, when I like, if we're just talking, just thinking about, okay, my job as a father is to prepare my son for the world, period, full stop. That is my only purpose on earth right now to prepare him for life without me. Love is one of those things he will have to figure out how to navigate, so I need to show him love. All right? What examples of love have I seen so far? Okay, my aunt. My, I got an aunt and an uncle. They always sneak in fucking family functions. Check, All right? But we will save that. My dad. Oh, shit. He checked the homework. He went to the practices. They had the food. Oh, shit, that's love. It wasn't unpersonal. Right. It's just who he loved. Yeah. And it was complicated. Of course, it's complicated when you're on your 11th <laughs> fucking child. Yes, there are, there are hurdles to having wrinkle free yes. happiness. He had challenges. But yes. <laughs> so that realization. But then you have to first love yourself. And so then that's where the journey of, okay, well, what do I want? What makes me happy? What do I want to do? Because you can't meet nobody while you fucking... Like, how's somebody going to make you happy? You ain't happy with you. Right. So you got to start with you first. So you got to rebuild. So you start with that shit. So it's a little bit of that. And then the other revelation I had was... Everything I've ever wanted to do, like I've felt indebted to my mom for all of the sacrifices that she's made. And it's nothing she's ever asked. She's never held shit over my head. But I look and I go, oh, I just want my mom to not have to work so hard. I love my mom. Hmm. Everything I've ever done was just so I wouldn't be a burden on her. That's why I was busting my ass so that she wouldn't have to worry about me. It's a fucking great feeling for your mom, and I don't know if she would admit this, but I remember when I paid off my student loans. Finally, I don't know when I made my last student loan payment. There was a weird relief from her, right? You know, she like, acknowledged oh, it. Yeah, she was like, "Oh well, I'm I'm glad she finally got like like I could tell she was smiling. Yeah, even you know, mom's worry." So to always be able to put her in a position where she doesn't have to worry about me, like that's a gift. And like, it's like, oh, everything was just about letting my mom know I'm okay. Is that why I work so hard? And then I woke up the next morning and was like, fuck this shit, I'm going back to New York. Like you have those two revelations within a six hour span? Yeah. I'm straight on night two, bro. Yeah. I don't need to ever do it again. Like, I don't know how, like the people who do the ayahuasca, oh, every weekend, I've done it 20 times. You might be in a different space. Yeah. For me, I'm good, bro. I got what I needed. I will return to drinking old fashions with extra orange. Well, but I would also recommend you
0: for being willing. Cause you're not mentally unwell. Like you're, like pretty from the outside in even in like, I think I know you pretty well. I think you're like pretty even you're like doing, you're all right.
1: Yeah.
0: You know? So the fact that you will go to therapy, the fact that you will drink ayahuasca, the fact that you will like tune into yourself is, is admirable. Even realizing like squeezing your baby (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like even like even a t- being a child. I can tune, tell you
1: never held a baby cuz t- when like, you do it like uh, this you, yeah. you bring them up here it's vertical. It's like a log. You heard that baby um, vertical. Well, I'm not going to do
0: this <laughs> to illustrate a goddamn point. I've held 10 babies. Um in my I'll have you know. <laughs> it's just a cool. It's like a cool thing that like culturally it's not it's like kind of, you know, like it's getting cooler, but you yeah. I give you this. I salute you for trying. But but the the bigger one is tuning into yourself more than like doing activities, therapy, ayahuasca, whatever. It's being actually tuning into yourself and actually like, what do I want? Yeah, it's a hard thing. That it's the most obvious question in the world, and it's like the one that people ask it as an afterthought.
1: Yeah yeah once i get this sugar out my system this month i'm gonna be a fucking beast i get so much clarity when there's like no coffee in my bloodstream for like two three weeks and i'm like that's when i'm like oh i see the matrix code bitch yeah so yeah so my some a woman asked me that one time like what do i want and i couldn't answer it's hard to know It's like a weird, a lot of responsibility, but it's also weird where you get like, did you ever have this point in your career where you looked at everything you were chasing and you're just like, I always say it's just a velvet rope but I'm like,
0: Mm -hmm. I want back there. What Mm -hmm. do you know? What's back there? I don't know, but I know I'm not allowed to go in.
1: (laughs) So so I I want
0: in. Yeah. And the other question I ask is like, okay, if I do that, then what? Who will I be then?
1: I know that all I know for sure career-wise, like host a show, you could do a sitcom, whatever. All I know for sure is that I have three stand-up specials left in me. I might still like go and do comedy or whatever. I don't imagine I'll have anything else to say after these next three specials where it's just, about me and fatherhood and it's my still dad, 10 years, and yeah, it'll take a while. But like, even just like the idea of from 16 years old to now, every life lesson that I learned was from someone other than my father. Those stories alone is an hour. Mm. Yeah, of just serious shit, light shit, what you name it yeah that alone without even getting into my own shit just here's all the substitute teachers yeah. that i had along the way you can explore that i can explore my dad i can explore you know my son and i and i think that'll be enough i don't like i don't like it's still fun to do for tv for daily show to just talk about issues in the yeah. world but for me compiling another hour of i didn't i've done it i've done it three times I I want to talk about something else. Then also, I think to a degree, if I do it right, then those specials and stuff like that, maybe I can serve as some breadcrumbs for the boy so he can put together his own shit when I'm gone. Right. You know, because my dad didn't give me that. I don't have that. Like none of us in our generations have that. That's the real advantage we have in this generation is that you can leave your kids with something to, Hey, here's some of the pieces you might be having trouble with putting together now that you're fifty or you know, like whatever. Yeah.
0: It's hard to know when to leave it though, because it's like, do you leave it at there's like tax things and 18 and 26 and
1: Yeah, I've I've thought about that. Like, I don't know. Like like you think about Superman, the old school Christopher Reeve Superman. He just would fly to the North Pole and FaceTime pop in a fucking cassette tape from his dad. <laughs> <laughs> Hello son. Yeah. And he would fucking get he would, advice. He would drop.
0: Yeah. He would, he would drop some game.
1: Drop some game. Then he fly <laughs> back to Metropolis and fucking yeah.
0: take the crystal out. That's the those are the best ones. Uh Roy Wood, you're a great dude, and I'm glad we're friends.
1: I don't know if we got to all the boxes, I'm sorry. No, we
0: did. Block boxes. We did we I mean I really wanted to get to we got to them. Because okay. nobody knows what you texted me.
1: That's fair. Good time, man.
0: Good time. You got damn right.
1: All right, buddy.